Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here in my lounge room, but my two co-hosts are also here, George. Hello there. And Grant. Hello there, music fans. Each episode of Flawless, one of the co-hosts or a guest nominates an album and we talk about why they love it and how they discovered it and why they think it's flawless. And then at the end, we decide whether or not we also think that it's flawless. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. And if you subscribe from as little as $1 a month for any value, you get all of our bonus episodes, one of which we'll be recording later on today. And we're also part of the Play On Radio Network. So you can play, find us at playonradio.com and uh, lots of other great Australian music and sports podcasts on there as well. We are recording remotely today thanks to the loveliness of COVID-19. So Grant has nominated today's album and I'm going to throw it over to Grant now. Thank you very much, Liam. What a great introduction. And... It is, I'm, I'm here for those that are interested in what I call Club Gem, which is uh, a mixture of Grant and M, which is a bar in my garage due to COVID. <laughs> um, Most popular bar in town. Yes. And look, it's, it's always open, at least for me. Yeah. For me. <laughs> nice. So there's no lockout laws for your bar. That's good. No, no, not, not at the moment. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping they won't be. Any put on it anytime soon. Uh, idle hands and all the rest of it. So the 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 album today um, that I'm nominating is debut album from. Uh, I'll I'll name the band members first, and maybe the, the the listeners will will get it by the third, if not by the fourth. Certainly, the fourth band member will give it away. Robbie Krieger, John Densmore, who was in the drums. Robbie was the guitarist. Ray Manzarek was the keyboardist. And the lead singer was a person by the name of Jim Morrison. I am talking, of course, about The Doors. I propose that their debut album released in January 1967, self-titled, is flawless. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through. Hello there. Dropping the mic over there, Mr. Grant. (laughs) Correct. Correct. I've gone way, way, way back. Um, And they've been spoken of as psychedelic rock, blues rock, acid rock. And their only label was, uh, was Electra released mm-hmm. five albums in six years or something, so they were quite prolific during their, their recording days. And I think from woe to go, this one um, is a big one. 20 yep. million copies worldwide of the original album. Gone to the, the Grammy Hall of Fame, as did Light My Fire, although only two singles. So there we go, guys. Mic drop. Anyone, cool. George, Liam... Thoughts, you've obviously heard of it. Talk to me. <laughs> what do you mean, obviously? What are you trying to had say? Had to have, had to have, had <laughs> to have. If only for so, terrible cover versions of the song at these, um, <laughs> whatever you've, you think you've got talent or the voice, you've yes, heard of or, it. <laughs> or any time a male busker pulls up with an acoustic guitar somewhere, 
Yes. We've yeah, heard it. someone. Yeah, some. Yeah, there's definitely been some terrible covers of uh, the Doors over over time throughout my entire life. I imagine. Mm. So yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so uh, yes, Grant, I had heard of the Doors before. Weirdly, Wonderful. yeah. And I'd heard and this album before. End as to well. end. End to end, I had heard this album. This must have been in your um, your parents' record collection, surely. Correct. When yeah, you were young was. and influential, as opposed to no longer influential. No. Yeah. <laughs> when I was the, the wee bairn. Um, yes, of course. Yeah, we had the doors. Um, we had this album, and it was in the on the wall of vinyl. We had a huge wall just full of vinyl records. So uh, this was one of the albums. So I had, um, but as we've discussed before, a lot of the albums I usually only heard side A, um, because I wasn't allowed to turn the album over myself. Uh, but this one, um, I didn't put on myself, which meant that I have I had indeed heard side A and B. Ta-da! How fortuitous. There you go. So I'd heard it before. So I'm assuming Liam. You, you'd heard the band, but had you heard the record? I had heard the band and I had not heard the record or any Doors records all the way through before. Um, really? Yeah. So I knew the singles, but that was it. So uh, some friends of mine who we will talk about later oh, and were, I'm quite, to this. were quite big fans of the Doors when I uh, knew them back in my early teens, all through my 20s and everything. So um, yeah, but even then I hadn't really listened to the albums at all. So no, hadn't listened to, hadn't ever listened to a full Doors album. Wow, huh? that's interesting. I would have thought that you'd certainly have gone end to end um, with the Doors in a, in earlier listenings, but that's so so be it. So so Grant, well, uh, you obviously were not around when this came out. <laughs> um, just putting Thank that you out so there. Much. Um, yes. you, you were clearly, clearly nowhere near. You weren't even a twinkle in Itch. an eye no, at this or point. No, scratch nope. or a twinkle. I no, didn't want to you, put it. Whatever. So, uh, of course, this album came out before you were born. Long, so why on earth would you go, hey, this is an album I'm going to bring to Flawless. This is, oh. where, this is where I heard it, etc. What a wonderful segue, um, George, and I appreciate it. I thought... You know, in, in pitching this, let's um, let's be honest for a moment, and um, it's it's not a competition, and yet it is. Just for the listeners, <laughs> as a as a brief recap, let's um let's go through in this process, and, and you, you mentioned it briefly earlier, Liam. Um, that each of of us as hosts and or a guest propose an album's flawless, and the key to it is. If the rest of it, rest of the, the listeners, or, or sorry, the participants in said podcast agree to the flawlessness of the, that album, then, and only then, is it flawless. So if we were, just for the listeners, to recap, how hmm. many times, um, Liam, have you proposed a flawless album that has got up? Uh, with just the three of us, I have one. One. So, and, and this has only been going on for about two years. So not mm-hmm. this, this is easy work. <laughs> and George, hard work. I mean, yeah, thank you. So George, just per chance, would you know, could you remember how many uh, you've got? Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to hold up my hands here so I can count. Because uh, yes. I think at this stage, um, I'm at three. 
out of three. Uh, six. Yeah, for sixty episodes, I <laughs> I've proposed three 69. albums that yeah. you guys have reluctantly uh but unanimously sure. declared as flawless yes so, um this i have is, never done it so, reluctantly yeah no, i have i know yeah he sends me death threats it's fine um it's uh but yeah so we're so, so at the moment so grant yes as you were saying maybe this is influenced your choice today well in in full and fair declaration and there may be people who have listened to all 60 odd of those episodes and i admire that commitment i have yet to trouble the scorekeeper (laughs) in that regard in that i'm on a zero and and so this you know the 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 internal pressure that i've placed on on this goal, it's a quest even, you know, it's, it's been almost relentless. And the longer it goes into, you know, third year of, of trying, basically, um, the more I start to, you know, one can question one's, one's taste, validity, um, you know, all the rest of that. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad, that's bullshit. You know, that's not, no. What, who's someone saying that Kenny and he's gone? Look where they got him, I think. Uh, anyway, um, and so the, the, the backdrop to it is, I've I would have heard this. I would obviously have heard the Doors before I bought the album, um, mm-hmm. and I stand to be corrected. I was in a uh, in a place called Port Elizabeth, which is three hundred odd kilometres to the west of um, of my hometown, East London, and I think it was around about nineteen ninety seven in the winter, and I was down there at a CD store, and it um, rightly or wrongly was in a bargain bin sort of thing, so um, like an HMV or a Sanity or um, a JV mm-hmm. Hi-Fi sort of place. And I guess because it's it a up. popular record, so they just have millions of copies, don't they? That's not bargain because yeah. it's bad, but bargain because there's so many of them. Yeah. yeah, and I thought the doors, I know at least you know the hits, um, and would have taken it back and played it in the CD player at Rhodes University in Grahamstown. Um, and, you know, this is certainly from, I find it at, off the, from, the, from the start, end to end, very easy listening, um, great tunes, and, and, and probably in researching this really appreciated um, more the work of, um, of the instrumentalists as opposed to Jim, who he was great, of course, you know, and probably um, he certainly... Um, didn't waste time, I think, in his life. But but the musicianship, I think, is great, and they work really, really well together. And and I think um, as a combination, they were they were great. And it mm-hmm. was certainly a um, a fleeting, you know, six year career of the four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was great. That's so a shame, yeah. isn't it? Such a shame. Well, that I they think only so. Had that. Because uh, yeah, um, they they've put out some cracking stuff. So yeah, um, and you always yeah. think of them as one of those bands that everybody knows, and that you think when you think of those legacy bands, you think oh yeah, they like the Stones and the Beatles is like they must have been around forever. But these guys really, in the style of Jim Morrison himself, you know, flashed hard, flashed fast, and then yeah, yeah, went out. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. and even those, I mean, I suppose the conditions on which he he departed, um, I'm not sure if you guys looked too much into that. Seemed to be a little bit. Um, dodgy and they couldn't find a you know, death certificate and he was mm. found in a bath by his lover Pamela Corson um, and um, and of course you know he was he's one of the founding members of the 
27, age 27 death club. Yeah. yeah. So, so come on then, for, for the music, impress the musicians out there. Who else is in that club? One Andy from Leah, Winehouse. one from... There we go. And? Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Janis Joplin. Yep. Um, was Kurt Cobain? And Kurt. Yeah. Kurt it was, was Kurt. also. Yeah. 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 yeah, but I think Nick Drake missed by one year, didn't he? Yeah, I um, think he. I think you're right. He was very close. Yeah, so tortured, there's, tortured there's, soul. I know um, there's been far too many. I believe. I mm. think is the uh, mm. the response to that one. There are too many people. The fact that it's called the Twenty Seven Club is just desperately sad. So yeah, yeah. So we and we how's lost this Jim? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in a bath discovered by his, his missus, who then also died at the age of 27, a few years later. And uh, can you believe it, on the 25th of April, this recording date, in, 19, yeah. in 1975. So, goodness, how's that? It's amazing what um, Google slash Wikipedia, whatever I, wherever <laughs> I was, and I was thinking, oh, who's this Pamela lady? And, we, and well, she we didn't last. We could not and... have done this podcast before the internet, I'm just saying. Like, it yeah. would have been really hard. <laughs> no, correct. Yeah. No, absolutely. We, we um, just would have talked a lot about our feelings, which is, you know, yeah. <laughs> neither here nor there for a lot of this stuff, so... Yeah, like yeah. I pay people to listen to my feelings. Like um, <laughs> other people, like it, it's a very different format. <laughs> That's mm. fine. Awesome. Okay, so you went. Hey, this is not a competition, but you went. This is a record. Drop the mic. Older record. It's got. Um, it's got the keyboards. I know people like the keyboards. Yeah, um, I love the organ. Yeah, the keyboards organ. on this. I, I can see why in the um, the listing on Wikipedia when they list the people, they're not necessarily always listed in order of importance. But in this case, like Jim's at the top, but Ray Manzarek, his oh. keyboards and the organs are like, Man. like define the sound way more than probably any <laughs> guitar does, I would say. And, like yeah. the guitar yeah, sure. is good, but when you come to defining the sound and the things that stand out, it's always the organ. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's a there is the doors sound. Um mm. and that's and he also plays the marxophone as well, which is like a zither, which is a also really weird, totally brilliant instrument. So um and quite difficult to play. So uh, yeah, I was re I enjoyed investigating that. You know how I like a, like you collections do. of instruments. Um, you research yeah. that well, George. Oh, I, I just oh, I get very into that. So um, yeah, that's but all good. Um, those but, organ uh, sounds is often what defines like the psychedelic sound as well. Like that's what I think a lot of people fall back on is like it's the psychedelic, it's the groovy stuff, is the the organ, and you can mm -hmm. see what makes these guys sort of the the grandfathers and the godfathers of that sound. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of bands that would not exist without the Doors. Like yeah, that sure. I can think of now. Like if I even if I think back to um, the dancing to the arctic monkeys first record or something like that you're like yeah you you couldn't have existed without having listened to the doors like there, there's just no way you could have done that so mm. um and like even down to lyrical content sometimes there were so many like comparisons to bands like block party and like loads of like all the english indie stuff i listened to mm -hmm. have come you would have said yeah, you could definitely lift that um, that Hammond sound or that organ sound and all those lyrical lyrics and stuff from some from the first Doors record. So mm. it was yeah. Again, um, it's been a long time since I've listened to 
uh, a Doors record. This is the, actually the only one I've ever listened to fully. Um, and it's, it's been a long time since I've listened to it all the way through. So it was like really interesting to get back into it for the podcast to go, oh yeah, and listen to it with a, a bit more of a grown up head as yeah. well so i think the last time i listened to it properly probably would have been years ago and so like to listen to it as a as a i'm saying grown up with the loosest of terms but uh <laughs> sure. you know just listening to it now it's going oh yeah i'm really appreciating so many <laughs> different like aspects to it or different sounds that were created and different like um influences and whatever and like psychedelic rock definitely it's it's like the pinnacle of that era so it's, it's a really good sound from 67 i think it's like a like a pretty mm. epic did you guys ever out. watch did you guys ever watch the movie the doors no no With val kilmer oh but that doesn't but having, sound good <laughs> having listened to the album i can totally see why oliver stone like even my limited <laughs> knowledge of, do- of the doors i can see why oliver stone wanted to make this movie and i think he would be the perfect director for it yeah and that was, I think, that was just around just before even Natural Born Killer. So he was sort of mm. in that, um, you know, really um, controversial sort of mindset of of his. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but also very like spoken word, very flo- like um, what's the? Oh, I'm having a blank on something here. Um, stream of consciousness. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's a very stream of consciousness. Very just like you know get the vibe of the feel like the, he's a, as a cinematographer and as a as a filmmaker he's very much that's like he the images that he throws up on the screen don't have to be real they just have to give the emotion and the feeling that of what he's mm. trying to communicate yeah mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah i could i could get that from this record there's a lot of there's a lot of images that come up for hot, like for any one of these songs so that's yeah it's cool mm. so um mr mr grant Yes. Um, we have two singles. Tell us yes. our singles. <laughs> so in Jan 67 was Break On Through, um, which is the opening track of the album. And then um, it didn't actually sell or wasn't no. quite the hit. I think they'd hoped for. Didn't do well. No, which I, I'm, I'm intrigued by. And then um, Light My Fire in, in April 67 um, came out as the second one and did a whole lot better, I believe. Despite being seven minutes and six seconds, I'm sure there must have been a radio edit, though. No, nah, there was a radio. Yeah, there was a radio, yeah, radio, yeah. radio Which, version. Sure. When, yeah. when I saw that, I went boo because screw it, just have a seven minute single. I love seven minute singles. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there was a um, a single version edited down to th- under three minutes with nearly all the instrumental breaks removed. Yeah. So basically, all the things that make like? the doors great, great, they they got rid of. Yeah. It would have been epic to see that live. Hey. I yeah. Mean, Jeez. Oh, can you imagine? Like, so they talk about having a lot of jazz influence. So the drummer, um, mm. our our drummer mate John, John, he was a he was a jazz drummer, and ah. um, you can like when you're listening to it, you're like, yep, I can definitely tell there's like some bossa nova in there, there's some jazz yeah. stuff and and whatever, and that makes perfect sense. And um, like some of the j- uh, drum fills and whatever definitely like come from the jazz thing but the um what c- comes across in this is you know how um, people go the doors jim morrison but you're like actually the doors like if you really listen to it now i'm going every um on different songs each 
instrument has its place and Mm -hmm. each instrument has a solo or each instrument has like a moment and that harks back to that old jazz standard stuff where you would go around the orchestra basically and each member of the orchestra would have their um like like eight bars that they can do their bit and then Mm -hmm. the other person does their eight bars and that happens in so many of these songs where it's like the organs are going to do something the drums are going to do something the bass is going to do something and you're like oh man this is so good to listen to like there's so Mm. many layers to this and and it's not just going jim morrison like sometimes there's entire songs where you're like only a third of it's got singing over it yeah Mm. and the rest of it is just beautiful instruments and making that as you say liam the it's the doors making yeah. the sound of the doors so um it's not just about jim morrison it's just the fact that you know with his tragic life story i think people hark back to that but yeah on the album it's it's really about everyone playing well together it's for mm. a debut record um it's yeah it's quite it, it can floor you really how well all of the instruments do play off each other for mm. the for the entirety of the album. And so yeah, because you often get with four pieces like the lead singer does a lot of the writing, or he might write like the vocal lines and like maybe the riff as well. So he, you know, the lead singer whoever they are will will write some of the musical parts as well and bring that forward. Like okay, now let's sort of flesh it out and structure it out. But I didn't get that feeling from any of these songs. Like I felt like most of them. And even reading up about a lot of them, the even the most popular ones were written by one of the musician instrument, one of the instrumental people, and then he would come along and just add lyrics onto it and vocals and stuff onto the top of it. Yeah, that makes sense, and I think that it's you know good for them because I think it makes mm. the album work really well. Yeah, that's cool. So um, you talked about um, break on through to the other side. Yeah, um, <laughs> as an opener, that's. That's pretty good opener for a it's record. So I, good because it's when, um, so it was used in the opening cinematic for the Rock Band Three video game, and that was the video game that oh, brought yeah. that was the video game that brought keyboards into. So before that, it was just drums and guitars, people playing drums and guitars, and that one you could get a, you bought a keyboard. It came with a keyboard peripheral, so people were playing keyboard, and like ninety percent of the songs in the game had keyboard and p- piano parts to them. And it's just such a perfect song because the keyboards the keyboards make the song. They're definitely the, the lead instrument in the whole thing, but not in a way that sort of outshines any other of the instruments. So they're perfect that because the keys own the song, but not necessarily mm. the expense of all the other instruments. Like they are all working together, but it's mm. still a perfect one to say to people, hey, we know what a good keyboard song is. This is a good keyboard song. Buy our game. Yeah. And, you, and you bought the game? I, I would have bought it. I That was in my massive rock band phase. So I was buying it no matter what, but yeah. It's a it's a perfect song for that opening cinematic. I've definitely cool. played rock band with Liam before, and it is really really fun. So <laughs> yeah, I've never played rock band. I think in my life. So oh, okay, well, we'll get, we'll we get need... you over one time with his sure. overground. Okay. We'll get you to play. Yeah, it. when we're allowed to hang out again, we'll have we can have flawless um, rock band time. Rock and band can, time. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that'd be awesome. And um, in that, it's as well like the lyrics and stuff are quite um, like short poems that are repeated a lot mm-hmm. like i found like so it's not like long streaming lyrics about this and the other telling really big stories um but there are just certain elements that come out in the lyrics that just made that i don't really i never paid attention to before but in break on through there was just i found an island in your arms country in your eyes arms and 
I was like, oh, that's a really sweet kind of lyric to say about a person. And then following through, like, bearing in mind the era, um, there is a lot of, yeah, it's like there was a lot of um, guys writing songs about women that were really kind of like, so, like, you're really great, so I own you or I'm going mm. to take you or I'm oh. going to hold you back and or I'm going to I'm going to oppress you and so on not like consciously but like just in the way or, they write stuff or take you from another person who owns you and now I'm going to own you yeah exactly like I'm winning you like I mm. win you like you're a prize whereas in none of these and I was it was a brilliant actually because in none of the lyrics in any of the songs was there any element of that there no. was just no. so like if I go to, so I was thinking maybe one of my favorite tracks on the record is 20th Century Fox. Oh, so is it cool? <laughs> it's cool. It's awesome. But it's like just the full acknowledgement of this woman who is everything and she's so good um, and she's like the coolest. Well, she's fashionably lean. She's fashionably late She'll never break a scene She'll never break a day yeah, and she's she's the queen of cool, and yeah. she's the lady who waits. Uh, and since her mind left school, it never hesitates. She won't yeah. waste time on elementary talk, you know. But at no point do you say, "And so I'm going to have that." Mm. It's just I'm going like, to celebrate that. Yeah, or like I'm the coolest, and therefore because she's the coolest, she'll be with me. She'll or she'll like me because I'm the coolest. Yeah, it was nothing about. It was just like. Here's this person who's really cool. Done. Like yeah. you're is, like is just, and yeah, yeah. It never happened. That that really that rarely happens. Still now, loads. I listen to like cute pop indie songs all about being in love with someone who's really really amazing, and then it's just like, and then I'm I'm gonna win her, and you're like, no, you don't. You don't get to win a person. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get to. You, this is not a competition. Not this is not flawless. Yeah. Yeah, it's not <laughs> because then I'd Jeez. be the winner. Uh, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, so I've, I'm just from a lyrical content. Like uh, just to lay that out there, I I do worry about these things, especially on legacy albums. Uh, but there's none of that. It's all mm. really cool and respectful, or just psychedelic and weird. So yeah, it's interesting that you went to to that. Um, you know, um, winning in the relationship piece. I thought I thought the conversation was going to go along the, the lines of the the um, references um, to say the crystal ship, you know, and the mm. opening lines. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I like to have another kiss. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, these guys they're not they, hiding they drugs right no hiding the whole drug <laughs> thing. I was reading up about that song and there were people sort of arguing about what the song was about I was like guys it's about drugs it's just, <laughs> it's just about drugs don't worry about so, it and then yeah, one, of the, one of the writers 
one of the writers was even like, oh, I guess considering the time period and I guess where we are right now, I guess it could possibly be about drugs. Like, are you oh. kidding? Yeah. It's about, like, this is a- that's not the outside chance. That is the only it's thing that song is about. Yeah, yeah it's, definitely, it's definitely about drugs. Like, yeah. I think as, as a flawless podcast, we can all agree that this most of this unanimously is very on- much about drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the yeah. crystal ship in particular, like that, yeah. yeah. That is totally. possibly the the druggiest song on the whole album. Yeah. Oh, it's just I so. I, exactly. I literally have written. It's like a going into a drug haze. Like, yeah. You know, you've got beautiful piano, and it's like kind of this classical sound, and you've got mm. like a real jazzy like percussionist. But but like it's definitely a drug song, but it's yeah. also not creepy again. So it's no, like, it's not creepy exactly. You go, Exactly, like you're gonna go into a drug, drugged out haze, but it'd be really nice if we can kiss now, like before <laughs> yeah. you disappear. Like, before not go. I'm gonna wait until you pass out and then I'm gonna kiss Take you. Take advantage. No. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I would like to consensually kiss you before you pass <laughs> out through a shit ton of heroin. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. Which oh. they did, yeah, a lot of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, crystal shit. Definitely about yeah, The other great thing yeah. about Crystal Ship that I love, um, there's a couple of songs that do this. Um, it's got piano and organ as separate parts. Mm-hmm. So they, they weave in together really well. But then, like, yeah, it's so... I don't know if Ray played them both and did an overdub or if somebody else played the piano maybe. Oh, no, there you go. Ray played piano on Crystal Ship. So, yeah, so there's a couple of songs where it's, yeah, piano and organ separately and then, yeah, works really well together. Your ears are very good, guys, I must be honest. I'm yeah, it looks... Up. Yeah, it is wow. really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but and get, it moves into get, your 20th century now. fox which is yeah yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Exactly, classic which... and then back into well back into not necessarily illegal drugs but the whiskey bar show me the way to the next oh, whiskey bar show me Oh, yeah, don't ask like, why. I think I've said that more than once when I've been on tour. <laughs> like, <laughs> please show me to some whiskey. Yeah, I like it. It sounds like you're at a circus. Oompa, yeah. That was my first thought when I was listening to it. So that one's one of the two. There's two covers on the album. Yeah. And that that's one of them there. So that's from an old song from the 1920s for an, from an opera. Ah, oh, oh, makes perfect sense. I didn't pick uh, that one up. It's another cover. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, so that one. So I think it was written as a poem, and then they converted it into a song for Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill in 1927. Oh, Kurt Weill! That's amazing. Aufstieg und Falderstadt Mahogany, which is the rise and fall of the city of Mahogany. Yeah. Okay. And apparently, um, so the apparently the whole opera is in German. But that song was written, or the poem was written in English, and then they converted it into a song which was still in English. So anytime you see that opera performed, most of the opera is in German, but that song is always in English. Interesting. That's cool. Wow. That's good knowledge. That's good deep dive. Mm. Like gold star for Liam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really love it when it, because it's, you're on this like great organ. It's like, and you can really get behind the whole like the give me whiskey or death kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then it <laughs> goes into the oh moon of Alabama bit. And that's like when you're on this carousel with them, you know, you're like on this journey and they're traveling around and then they have this 40 second 
outro of just harmonies and instruments and it's just you're circling around on this like like mad journey just trying to find whiskey and i'm like yeah this is yeah. definitely a sentiment i am getting behind who has like, not had such a craving right well, i'm me, having but that's okay <laughs> liam yeah but you yes. have craving for buying equipment for podcasts so yeah. that's <laughs> admirable trace craving yeah yes. so there you go. So we we all have our cravings, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking right now that like, I don't have any whiskey in my house, and I'm a little bit a little bit annoyed because uh, mm. having listened to the record <laughs> again today. But yeah, so mm. it's a really good song to go into. But and like they all sound, those three you talked about, Crystal Ship to 20th Century Fox to Alabama Song, they've all got a different sound, but yeah. um, and a different theme. But there's they all still sound like the Doors, but they all still work well. I think they're flowing. Yeah, they flow. And then, of course, it wraps up the side A, and, and you know, we've, we've spoken of, and, and, you know, I forget, this was the process of, you know, a record. You go mm. side A, side B, and you've got mm-hmm. the epic, you know, double the length, basically, of, of any other song in Light My Fire, ending, yeah. wrapping up, and it well, became, the, you know, the, the biggest single, and what was it, the, the Grammy Hall of Fame, it, Light my fires in the Grammy Hall of Fame. I bet you it's not the seven minute six second one, Liam. I suppose yeah. it probably will be the flipping, yeah. the three minutes version, yeah. radio um, adopted version. Um, but yeah, what a great I suppose what a great first half of a of a forty five odd minute um, journey. Mm. Um, and you switch over and you go into Backdoor Man, which yes, she's there. You which go, was, which, yeah, is, which is the which second is the cover. Other cover. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, those those rah and woof kind of noises. An animal. That, yeah, it's and really like, cool. Yeah, well, I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, but myself, so and then I thought, oh well. Yeah. So, where did Backdoor Man come from? It's a blues song written by Willie Dixon and yes. recorded by Howlin' Wolf in 1960. Ah, Correct. And it's uh, considered a classic of Chicago blues. So, when I first heard it. Obviously, uh, I was a little bit concerned that maybe Backdoor Man might be a bit uh, uh, homophobic. But then when I looked it up, it's like, nope, that's just a reference to someone who cheats on other men's wives. So, yeah. so he comes comes in the back door at night and leads out the back door as well. So I was like, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, because yes. I was a bit like back door, stage door, secret entrance or gross sex. Um, yeah. So yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Fair enough. We're cool. Um, yeah. But and it's, apparently, um, the, the, yeah, putting in the... Um, a cover was quite the sort of standard thing or a blues type cover. I read somewhere mm. it was quite a standard thing to do at that time. So, um, But I didn't know they were covers. Like uh, to me, they all... I only found that out to her. To be yeah, honest. I only, like like I think I think I've kind of knew that there were, but um, listening to the record, it doesn't sound like you're going, oh, I'm putting a cover in. I actually yeah. listened to the original or, a cover, or maybe the, the original people singing it Um earlier today as part of the prep when I was saying to him I was like oh so um yeah my missus listens to a couple of these things and it's my turn so obviously she's more involved I was like I don't know if it's going to get across the line because I didn't know at the time and this like could be bad you know, like this is but it's not it's a it, it's a creeper or it's a yeah it's someone who again cheats mm. not, you know cheats on people's <laughs> wives with them um and um and it was and it's a cover so and the, it's quite a different it's sung quite differently if you listen yeah. you find on YouTube. It sounds very different to this guy. And I was like, wow, he sings it well, especially with the opening, you know, barking or, or you know, animalistic sounds that he starts with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is another one with dueling pianos and organs as well, which I really like. 
So it's, it's got yeah. the two the two keyboard parts to it. So they re- they recorded this entire album on a four track in so a week. They had, yes, in a week. So they had um, <laughs> drums and I think it was drums and keys going into one track, um, guitar dueling guitar parts going into another track, Jim Morrison's vocals on a third, and the fourth one for overlays, which I assume is where they got raised dueling key parts keyboard must have done yeah that's like crazy like yeah i'm only used to like the modern era so basically i've got more technology sitting on the table in front of me recording my end of this podcast <laughs> At home. than they than they used to create yeah. one of the greatest albums of all time that's amazing yeah i i used a four track when i was younger and um i used one of the tracks as a um, a dropout so uh, it means that if you if you hit the a bum note when you're recording one guitar solo um you uh you drop drop it onto the third track and you play the right note on the second track and then you create and then the third track becomes your new track and it's like um it's like for dropouts and it was just just as a way of like whereas nowadays um i can like play it into a computer and then i can just like remove that one little section and it doesn't matter like you say like we can use free software yeah why even play it into a computer i can do it you just get the computer to do it yeah, right. Well, actually, yeah, I don't even need to play the guitar anymore. I can no. just tell it what to do. Like, yeah. screw it. I should give. I, I would give away my entire guitar collection, but I love them too much. Um, but yeah, like, to, I, I didn't even know they had to do this on a four track. That is phenomenal. Like, to mm. put all of this yeah. through a four track um, is ridiculous. That is, yeah, yeah fully ridiculous. Um, and so many, yeah, but so, so many of the songs are quite short. So Backdoor Man yeah. was actually quite a long one. That was three and a half it minutes. Was. But yeah. I like I kept because I was writing notes, yeah, and I Not like you. I like to write notes about every song and this and the other. Um, and then I kept going, no, I've not finished writing my notes yet, and the song's <laughs> finished. Like, go back, come on. I'm like, I've not finished writing those lyrics, or I've not finished writing this, and um, and the songs are yeah. So it's only like Soul Kitchen, um, and Backdoor Man were over three minutes, and the rest of them were all under three minutes apart from your two epics yeah, yeah. so uh um, yeah. so because i knew one of the few things i knew about the doors was their love of epics so i kind of assumed a doors album would be like six or seven songs that were all 10 minutes long so to, to have them all be oh. quite short and almost like quite poppy numbers like just come in do the thing and get out was quite surprising in a good way good mm. oh I'm glad you yeah, like surprises yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> it's a good surprise. Yeah. But and it went into a- I looked at you, which is another short poppy one, you know? Yes. And, and so that's a yeah, funky but- little number to have a like a very seventies dance, sixties and seventies dance to. And we're on our way. No one can tell me. Oh, that's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> like, the, it was just totally like 60 sounds where you just go to a dance, you have a little bit, and you can, I can see people doing, I can like visualize those old um, like discos of people yeah. like dancing and stuff. And I can totally see it happening when I was listening to that song. Um, and like lyrically, it's really sparse. Like mm. it's got very, it's got, it probably used as about 12 words, but it's mm. not an empty sounding song either. No. It's just like, but it's not it's not trying to give you a 
like an overview of a story it's just going i'm giving you something that you can latch onto and you can dance to and this is kind of the song for you and it's yeah and it's two minutes 22 which i really yeah. like because it's two 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 um so when mm, numbers two, are two. really two yeah when numbers are good like that i'm like i'm pretty happy um but yeah it is <laughs> as you say liam it's totally that 60s like like jobs, like 70s something. like yeah, yeah you're just it's that down. And there's a really sweet, just before the second verse, really sweet drum roll. Like, mm. really nice, like, um, kind of drum roll um, that kind of catches you off guard. And then you're like, oh, and then it goes into the second um, verse. Mm. So, um, yeah, so like to fit all that into like under two, two and a half two, two. minutes. Yeah, into two, two, two. It's pretty, pretty good going. Like, a, good. a like, well done team. Like, they, they must have worked really well together to get these songs done and over the line like like to do it so quickly and to make them so succinct mm. like they must a, the have worked as a team yeah the 24th to the 31st of august 66 at sunset sound recording studios in la mm-hmm. released in january 67 done and then they had another <laughs> album out by the end of 67 yeah well. how's that and then another one in 68 and another one in 69. They they were super prolific. They, they, they were flipping. Yeah, they moved. They really did move. They knew what um, they were doing. That's cool. So um, yeah. so you then oh, we have Take It As It Comes. And the organ in that is so... Like the solos are so mm. lovely. But this is where, like, because they don't actually have the bass in it quite a lot. They play bass no. on the organ. Um, but um, there's only a few songs where they actually use a bass. And they actually had a bassist that wasn't um, uh, named um, called Larry Nitchell, I think it was. Um, and he played bass on a few of the songs. Um, so, and Take It As It Comes is one of them. But that's the one where there is a bass like refrain like just the bass mm, and, just strips it right back and mm. the lyrics over it are go real slow you like it more and more take it as it comes specialize in having fun and it's just that like it completely, as you say, pairs back to the bass and those lyrics over the top, mm. and before it gets back into the full band for a bit, and then it pulls back, and then it goes in, and it does all this stuff, and it's like that vibe, you know, like the sixties, seventies vibe mm. of just like be cool, be chill, be like yeah, like I I don't want to I don't want to say it because it makes me feel like um oh who is that awful um. Uh, movie, but that kind the of Austin beat. Powers. Yes, that groovy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's that... Shagney or whatever one of those ones. I know, I'm so... groovy yeah. baby. Yeah. But it's just some of it was just so. I know, I know it's like psychedelic rock and it's really cool. It's real mm. hipster and everything. But some of it was just so groovy. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel I feel so yeah. dirty saying it, but it's true. Yeah, but like, it was, and can... he, he was he would have been amazing to see live, and I think all the, as a group, you know, just 
Mm. Wow. And you go, then you come into the end, and, and Liam, you have a big story, it seems, <laughs> about um, this last song, 11-minute epic. Yes, the giant 11-minute epic called The End, which is amazing yes. and a fantastic final song and finale. Yes, um, please so, tell. Yeah, so back in my <laughs> late teens and early 20s, my friends and I, because podcasts hadn't been invented, I'm not sure I've said this on the podcast before, but if we if podcasts were invented by then, we were the group of five white dudes who were like, we're so funny, we're so amazing, let's have a podcast of just us talking about our thoughts. So thank God we didn't. But what we did, in, what we did instead was make short films. So um, instead you made it, it entirely visual as well. As yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we went, and we went the and other way. And it's still available. Like, let's film ourselves doing stuff. So we would just craft like little short stories on the spot and just figure out, you know, we're just going to shoot this shot after shot. So we did about five of those and they were all terrible. Because we couldn't act and we couldn't write and we didn't know what we were doing. And they were all, you can't see them anywhere. So that's the problem is I can't show them to anyone off the podcast because they're all, they all use music and they all use ripped off bits from other things. So, oh, but so then, it's not on the YouTube. No, this ah. one is not because it's all, because it's all yeah. copyright violation. Like the one, sure. so we sort of, once we stopped making the films themselves, we started writing sort of bigger pieces. And what we do is we just shoot little bits of it and then turn them into trailers Mm-hmm. And have the trailers, you know, just be the stuff that we would show to people and have sure. a bit of a laugh, and it was just some fun stuff. So, yeah, we did we did shoot some stuff about a movie that was about the end of the world, and it was called Apocalypse. Wow, modeled, of course, on Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. and then obviously the this song was used in Apocalypse Now. So then, when we cut, when we'd filmed a bunch of stuff, Paul, who's been on the podcast before, um, is a filmmaker and editor, so he edited together a trailer for it. So. Yeah, and it uses the end, so it uses the soft bit at the start, and then the crazy chaotic bit at, in, at the end as well, which is really cool. And so it's yeah. adorable because you look so young. Because I, so because I am, I am very young. In How, what year was that? Twenty. It would have been twenty years ago, so it would have been about probably two thousand, two thousand and one. You are wow. so cute and young, wow. and and also pretending to be American, but really badly. And um, yeah, I don't, that's the thing. I don't put an accent on for that thing at all. So the <laughs> the whole thing in the trailer. So the our whole thing was we were all just going to play lots of different parts. So in the trailer, I played the president of the U.S. and one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and one of the two. So there were two central characters who were going to be trying to stop the end of the world after it gets discovered that the world is going to end. And the whole film was supposed to be about them while the destruction stuff happened behind them. But that their bit was the stuff we could never agree on what was actually going to happen and we never filmed any of that, but we filmed all the Four Horsemen stuff and all the other stuff behind it. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. Well, maybe maybe if um, if the patrons that have subscribed, would you provide it to them? Or is that not legally allowed? I don't know. I don't think yeah. it's legally allowed. And just, one of our only <laughs> subscribers is Paul and he's he's the one who gave it to before. me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's That's in fair it. enough. So well, yes, I have a so one of the only songs that I actually have a connection to the door songs is this one, which the end, which I love. Interesting that you so you had break on through, light mm-hmm. my fire, and the end that you'd heard before. Yeah. So you um, basically actually, from a yeah. We skipped past it, but I heard Soul Kitchen before as well because I was going to talk. Yeah, the, we need to talk about Soul Kitchen. The last sure. band that I that I nominated Gomez do a cover of Soul Kitchen, and it's oh, been wow. um, a bit of a live. Um, Let me stay all night. There is uh, bootlegs, yeah. There's bootlegs around of it, which I and okay. so yeah, I knew that song and I really liked it. So um, it's got some of my cool. favorite, some of my favorite lyrics on the album. Great. 
I wrote, I've, I've, I've yeah. written those ones down as well, actually. <laughs> I wrote various. Cigarettes. I also wrote. Forget. I'd really like to stay here all night. The cars crawl past, all stuffed with eyes. Street lights share the hollow glow. Your brain seems bruised with much surprise. Still, place to go. And, and I was like, oh. That's really nice lyrics. Um, yeah. So yeah, same, same. Like Soul Kitchen was one of my like hearts. You know, I do little hearts and mm-hmm. other people oh, have good. systems. Um, so that's one of my. And because when it opens, uh, do you know Booker T did a song called Green Onions? Um, no. And it just no. really remind. There's a you 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 would know it if you heard it. Mm-hmm. It's been in so okay. many movies. It's been in so many things. But it's yeah. like this real classic um, song, and that the organ intro for Soul Kitchen really reminded me of that old soul song um, of mm. Green Onions by Booker T. So um, I'll have to send it to you guys afterwards, and you'll yeah. be like, oh Sounds yeah, good. it's kind of got that thing, and it's got the fluid guitar, like soul with like the pushes and pulls between the music and everything and yeah that's a like that was one of my favorite songs on the album it's just that and jim's like vocals move between that slow drawl and then that rampant energy like between just on one song like he just mm-hmm. goes from in three just, minutes like, three and 35 or something in 335 yeah. yeah and that's one of the longest songs yeah. um yeah like he does that and it's just and it's like poetic and cryptic and stuff but it's also um yeah it's like a really nice very like call, calling it a soul kitchen just made it it felt like that kind of old soul stuff so it mm. was yeah like a really like ep- epic song to add to the record Especially after Break on Three, which is like completely different. Yeah, mm. it's like it's so weird how their songs are completely different but the same. Like yeah, and flow. I think and the flow. I'd, again, one of the things that I certainly look for is is that flow from, you know, from the beginning into Soul Kitchen, Crystal Ship. Off we go. Mm. It's like, jeez, mm. look at this journey. Yeah, it's it, yeah. They're quite different in multiple aspects, and yet it does feel very familiar and whatever. So. I think there's something to be said. Um, There's a quite usual pattern we see with some of these things where it's like big opening, hold that energy and then strip it back. So like that's, that's quite a traditional one, two, three opening to an album. Mm. So that one, that sort of fits into here as well. Yep. And it, but it works nicely. It's not like, Mm. none of this feels like somebody was pulling the strings. Like, you know how sometimes you can listen to a record and you're like, obviously a producer had a lot of influence on that. Whereas here it feels like they were just doing their thing um, and powering through getting their music out there and putting it in their order and how they want to do it. And But again, still in the era, you, have, you are confined by um, what you yes. can fit on each side of a record. So you've got to be conscious of that from like pressing a vinyl. But um, it didn't feel like you had some external person in like you know like the, a band at the time like the monkeys had like they were like a formed band they were like one direction or whatever and they were like mm. put together and they had to make a sound uh, an album that sounded like this and it had to go a b c d and that's how it yeah. sounds whereas this felt much more like a an organic like this is a band putting together what they really wanted to sound like and, and debut at that huh? i mean they wouldn't mm. have, yeah right you couldn't such imagine. a strong debut yeah. Yeah. On debut. Like, I was genuinely, I was, I was like, I'm always surprised that it's a debut record just because mm. you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you just, because they always, they just sound so competent together. Like, so, and because they hadn't actually finalized the lineup of the band properly no. until not long before they recorded either. So, mm. 
they seemed to just be good enough musicians that they got together and went, yeah, we can do this. Let's put it together. Why not? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, and I don't think I even, even, even now listening to it, if you didn't have an appreciation for the way music was played on a record or on vinyl at the time, it doesn't impact it that you go from Light My Fire into Backdoor Man. Um, mm. It's mm. seamless. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. For mine, from a flow perspective anyway, and that's you know, part of... Yeah. Of like, I, you know, listening to it on Spotify, I didn't feel any sort of jump or anything like that at all. Like it, yeah, it just felt a flow. Mm. Good, excellent. Yeah, that's fair. That's cool. Oh. That's, that's good. So there's like... Um, yeah, there's just like little little moments of like lyrics that I kind of wrote down um I liked in take it as it comes there's uh, we talked about the sexy bass solo but there's also that um uh take it easy baby take it as it comes don't move too fast (laughs) you're like yeah okay this is like it's like despite the fact that it's quite an upbeat song it's kind of like that whole chill thing that we talked about like mm. just like and it just it, i i just had to like remember the that part of it that i just had to say before we before we moved on <laughs> so like, and similar along that end of the night let me tell you that's very mellow um psychedelic coming down that was supposedly the song that they recorded a demo of to try and get their first record deal really eh? yeah no, really I, and I was like, that that was a bad choice, guys. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. But so they sure. originally tried to record a demo to get a, a deal with Aura Records mm. and then didn't happen. And then um yeah, so they went away and worked some stuff out and got signed to Electra instead. Yeah. But um yeah, it was just I was like, that's that's not a song in a million years I would not think that's a song that you would go, Hey everyone, here's what we're all this about. Is, this is what we're all about, no. No. Yeah, here's that's... here's this slow ponderous <laughs> Yeah. That's a, like that's a dreamscape. That's yeah. not a song. That's Good. like yeah. that's yeah. That's like conceptual and talks about like realms of bliss, realms of light. Some yeah. born to but, sweet delight. You know, like it's just that's conceptual. Weird. And obviously drugs. Um, yeah, but just like, maybe. No, yeah, entirely. You would. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you take you would take the singles, wouldn't you? You take break on yeah. Yeah. or you take. Like, well, even um, I looked at you. You know, I reckon you could get away. Mm, yeah, with that. As, as, but as I think, a single, I think if you put I looked, yeah, single definitely. But I think if you tried to sell yourself on I looked at you, you wouldn't have been able to do the end. No, know? like no, no, the record no. label would be like, nah, you, you brought us this jive song, and that's, that's you. fun. Yeah, so you're one Dina of the sixties. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were like taunting people with end of the night, just like yeah, you know, take it if you if you dare. Um, mm. But like. Yeah, as you say, like that would definitely not be the the one I'd put forward as a. This is what we sound like. I, that's that's yeah. an interesting I, one, Liam. Well found. Yeah, God, he's so good at research. I love it. I've just been like laying down, like woeing the world, and Liam's like, Nah, I'm gonna hammer out some research. He's very good. <laughs> um, so there's just um, so I know we touched on like my fire, but it's actually like an epic and very important song because that must have been covered a million times mm. right like by a million people um but it's got um so liam definitely has to put some of the uh, song into this podcast um because it's for me it's like the song that is the door Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to 
And I, I know I probably heard the radio edit more than I've heard the album sure. version. Yeah. But it's like the song, but like the percussion's really good. The psychedelic guitar licks are really good. Like some of it, I was like, I could imagine Serpentine the guitar. guitar licks is what they've said in one of the reviews. Yeah. What Serpentine. Was that? Serpentine. Serpentine. Yeah. Guitar that's, licks. That... Yes. Yeah, Thank I would be like, um, I wouldn't be surprised. You could take the guitar licks out of that song and you could put it on a Queen of the Stone Age album, like song, and it would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Like, that's what, when I was listening to it, because I like playing, I like, no, I like torturing myself by not playing uh, guitar solos by other bands. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, it, I was just listening to it going, that's got so much of that kind of influence, that psycho kind of rock stuff that I can imagine lifting this from 67 well they recorded it in 66 and then putting it onto like a modern Queens of the Stone Age record um, as mm. the guitar lick and it'll be like yeah that works that works really well so um, cool. yeah it's really cool so yeah Grant yes sir final pitch final pitch yes alright guys we've gone back in time 50 plus 60 years whatever it is an iconic um, debut album. There we go. 53 years. What? Quick maths. Um, and this album itself, not that it means anything because I've pitched the numbers and the stats in the past to no avail. <laughs> Ranked 42nd of the 500 greatest albums of all time. The original album sold 20 million. Grammy Hall of Fame for that album and for Light My Fire. The song. Um... It's the first American band to accumulate eight, consec eight consecutive gold LPs, one of the best-selling bands of all time, 41st of the greatest artists of all time, debut album, end-to-end, -end, whether you go Sade and listen to it straight through, or in the old days, you had the vinyl and turned it over and started with the back doorman and ended with that epic, This Friends is a flawless album, The Doors, self-titled, 1967 reviews feedback please <laughs> who, who George, are you going to first George, George going first. are you going Go to me That's yeah it. so uh, I'd heard the record and I was just like look at you picking something that we'll obviously all heard of blah 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 but oh no <laughs> and I was, blah, thinking, blah, blah. I was thinking oh man it's going to be one of those things where I listen back to it and go oh it's problematic or I'm going to listen back and just be like oh it's just it had all those those bits that just weren't quite right and everything you know when you when you go back to an album and um, like from like another era sometimes you can like worry about it so I was I was worried at first going oh no I'm gonna have to listen to this, the album and I really I was really scared um but then I popped it on and I was like <laughs> okay listening to it going god this is easy to listen to oh I really like that bit I forgot about that bit I forgot about this and then I just went through and I just went through and I just enjoyed every single song 
and I enjoyed the entire flow from start to finish. I felt like they were really gutsy for 67 to end with the end and, and to like fit so much content in, so many influences in and from the beginning. So break on through all the way to the end, which is like this a complete juxtaposition, but it all sounds mm. like the doors. And you can't fault it for sounding like the doors. And there are so many people who are influenced by them. And I can exactly see why. Because this, as a debut album, or as any album, I think that this, from start to finish, flows beautifully. (laughs) And yes, Grant, I believe that this album is a flawless record. Yes, George. (laughs) I appreciate this, uh, your feedback. Thank you for bringing the album. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for making me listen to it again with like fresh ears and go, this is so good. This is painfully good. So, I've yeah. got some so goosebumps I, with all this positive vibes you're giving. Thank uh, you. I, I'm I glad you enjoyed it. Bit, but yeah, it was really good. Excellent. <laughs> so, cool. Over to you, Mr. McGuinness. No pressure. Whatsoever. No Although you have already <laughs> spoken, you know, been represented by the doors in a short clip that we'll never see I have, for the yes. general public. So yeah. feedback, please. Your thoughts. So yeah, this this was my first Doors album and most of what I knew about them was like the big long, the big epic numbers. So I had I was worried that I was gonna come into this and go, it I was actually worried that it was gonna be six songs that were all ten to fifteen minutes long and just too much wanking around and whatever and just, okay, yeah, you're all on drugs. We get it. You're, you're writing songs for hippies to get stoned to in you know, various rooms or whatever. That's great. That's cool. So this I is what really you came in with. That was your that was your initial thoughts off the bat. That's it, wow. yeah. Okay. So that's so when I was yeah. listening to it, I was really excited and I was really surprised. Like Even just right breaking on through to the other side, I was sure in the back of my mind that was another six-minute song similar to Light My Fire where it was the bones of a song and then lots of big epic solos in it. So to, to work my way through it was going really well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so the flow was working really well and like looking at the sides of the albums was just really great. And the, like knowing that keyboard sound and knowing a lot of the bands that I listen to now, you can, like you can, like you said, you can start to pick up the bits that they got influenced by, mm. but oh. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like Alabama song that much. Oh. I, I think it sticks out really badly when I found out because I, I thought it sounded like a circus song and then when I found out that it's actually a song from a musical I was like yeah no I can see that and for me the flow like it's like the first four songs flow really perfectly and then yeah. that one sticks out for me like a really sore thumb like it doesn't sound like a Doors song even with just like the rest of the album being pretty much my entire exposure to the Doors it just did not feel like a song that they were so I get that they were doing it because it's about whiskey and it's about using substances and it's obviously a song that they really like. But for me, I would have just taken it off and used that as a B-side, as a cover song for a B-side. Because I think to go, if you'd gone straight from 20th Century Fox into Light My Fire, that would have been like an all-time great side of a record for a one, two, mm. three, four, five would have just been amazing. But with that one, it just sticks out way too much for me. It's got, I think there's a tuba in it or like they've set up the keyboard to sound yeah. like a tuba and it really doesn't sound like anything else on the album for me. So I didn't hate the song itself, but it just the way it stuck out from the rest of the album meant yeah. that I'd probably be likely to skip it if I was listening to the album straight through, especially yeah. if I light my fires right around the corner. So 
Yeah, it pains me because oh it's such a good God. album and it's a debut <laughs> and it's like everything you said is right. Like it's so amazing for a debut, so confident, so great for a debut album. But just that one song just really threw it for me. Oh I'm so sorry, Grant. That's okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Need, there's a double apology needed right now. A double <laughs> apology? Yeah, you need to apologize to me, young man. Like Jeez. this, that, I absolutely adore that song. It's just yeah. a song. <laughs> I, I, I reckon it's great. And we, we you, yeah, I mean, you and I spoke of that. I think yeah. you've got a problem with whiskey drinkers, Liam. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Other songs that we've talked about that I that had alcohol in them that I didn't mind. No, I do. I don't dislike the song itself. I just don't think it works in the context of the album, and it sticks out too much for me. Sure. Okay. Oh, All right. Look at you with an opinion. <laughs> there we go. That's fun. Um, well, thank you very much for your feedback. Although I don't agree, Liam. Um, That's fine. Um, <laughs> you definitely <laughs> opened my eyes to how great the Doors can be, and I will definitely be checking out their other albums. And hopefully, they aren't all eight-minute wankery stuff because this one wasn't, and it was great. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and thank you, um, George, of course, for uh, your feedback and that you were on board uh the quest continues for grant's flawless album um <laughs> oh, i thought this was the t- i honestly thought you had it i honestly oh. thought you had it in the bag dude yeah well there we go huh um liam do you want to do the outro you've got all the details i will do the outro we want to thank, thank everybody you guys. for listening uh we have all the social media facebook instagram and twitter we are flawless amp on all of those you can leave us a like or a share or give us a rating. Every little bit you do helps us to find more music lovers just like you. And we are also on Patreon, as we mentioned, patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Thanks again to Grant for nominating a fantastic album. Sorry we couldn't get it across the line. And we thanks everyone again for listening, and we will see you next time. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my